December 9, 2021. This is The Better Life. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. Living a better life means heading to the racetrack, the horse track, that is. Uh, I happened to stumble across a race at Hollywood in Charlestown, West Virginia. I went out there uh, to I spent the night the way that I did um, during an episode that I released a few weeks ago where uh, I go in, sort of double dip on the free play on on two different uh, two different promotion periods, get a you know, a dining credit and the mean in the in the overlap. I went out there, I stayed at the inn, um, and I intended I knew I was gonna drink when I was at the casino, so I decided to just walk. It was a beautiful night, it was like sixty degrees, so it was a beautiful night. I walked over to the track. Uh, or I walked over to the casino, and the and the sort of closest entrance from where I was walking, um, like the, the the garage entrance, it still wasn't open. They didn't have the garage open, and the entrance wasn't open. I didn't feel like walking all the way around to the casino, but I noticed that the end, the sort of uh, outdoor entrance to the racetrack was open. So I and I was like, well, clearly you can get to the casino from the racetrack. So I walked down that way, and sure enough, I see horses warming up and stuff. And I was like, oh snap! And then as I was walking, they a, a race went off, and I was like, oh snap! I'm at a race right now. This is cool. Um, and um, I ended up uh, getting some food, and then I just hung out and watched races for the rest of the time. Um, that's uh, I didn't end up doing any. Uh, any table games or anything? I went in there, played my free play, and I went, you know, whoever, whatever. I, you know, I'm not really all that worried about maintaining my my comps and stuff over at uh, at Charlestown, so I had no problem with uh, just doing my thing and then walking out and just watching uh, uh, watching some horses. Fun experience, fun experience. Um, Mark Duvall and I will talk a little bit more both on my experience at the track and uh, sort of our thoughts on. You know what it is to be a fan of horse racing. Still, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in our conversation. But in that conversation, leading that conversation is episodes three and four of HBO's show Luck. We watched episodes uh, one and two for oh, what episode was it? I bet if I scroll really quickly, I can might be able to find it. Um, no. Of course, I should have uh, had this open. There it is, episode 150. Uh, episode 150, Mark and I went over episodes one and two of the show Luck. Oh, here we go with over episodes three and four. Enjoy. We're going live. Going live. Hey. There we are. Now we're live. Live. Uh, Mr. Default, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? I love how now I know you said to me that we would be recording this, you know, before the break, before Zorkfest, that kind of thing. But <laughs> I love that I really find out when I'm going to be on the air after listening to your episode. <laughs> I'm listening to the last one, and Mark Duvall will be my guest next week. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, how's the gambling going? Fantastic! Oh my nice. gosh. Dr. Mike had a role last week, and I am I'm being completely honest here. With the exception of longtime listeners of our podcast will remember when we hit like nine fours at Caesar's Palace and we had it pressed up to the table max of five thousand dollars. Barring that role, it was the biggest money-making role I've ever had. Ever. That's incredible. And it was my biggest win at Harris Southern California. Um by far. So, uh, yeah, it's turned around. It was getting a little cold there for a while, but, uh, last week, oh boy. Good. Very good. How about you? Um, uh, well, I haven't really been doing much the casino lately just because life. Um, but, uh, 
made a, I mean, they're making a killing in soccer in the past couple yeah, of weeks. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's been nice. Uh, some three to one, five to one underdogs. And, and, uh, I mean, when those things hit, I mean, they hit, uh, nice, right. I mean, those, yeah. those can, you know, that can change the way a day has gone, you know? Oh um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So those are always nice. Okay. Let's talk about luck. Now, I was just recently at a horse track last week um, okay. and uh, look, ho uh, Hollywood uh, and Charlestown. Uh, it's also got a racetrack there. I've never done anything horse racing there before. I've been to the casino a bunch of times, but this time I stayed at the inn that's near it's on the same property, but it's like sort of on the other side of the property from the casino. And it was a nice night out and I, I knew I was going to drink. So I decided just to walk over to the casino and I walked over there and the entrance that I usually would go in from that angle was, is still closed. Uh, and the still use the entrance. So I noticed that the entrance going to the racetrack was open and I was like, well, clearly you can get, you can get into the casino from the racetrack. So I wandered down that way to realize, Oh snap, there's a race going on. <laughs> uh, so I happened to stumble on uh, a race. When I got there, they were still warming up. Uh, I went in, uh, took, you know, I, um, uh, got something to eat and I can't, and Mark, I had, I had planned on hanging out, playing at the table or something like that. I spent the whole night hanging out the racetrack. It was yeah. like 60 degrees outside. It was beautiful. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so it was – I don't typically do much horse I, – like I, I, I can count on one hand how many times I've bet uh, on horses, and three of them are probably Kentucky Derbies, right? Uh -huh. Um. I've only been to the horse track and bet one other time. You, I think the, the last time I had bet on horses that wasn't the Kentucky Derby was when you and I were at Foxwoods. For gamble palooza right so it's it been yeah. that long yeah um, and we've and talked about how that at, at gamble palooza at foxwoods for you and me i think both it was one of the highlights of the trip you know yes. just that group that went over there and we're talking about horses and we're watching we're we've got our own screens here and everything uh you know it was it was a little relaxing in a way compared to you know the intensity of playing craps or something like that so i don't know if it's maybe not the same thing because you were uh, by yourself you were actually at the track but uh yeah it, that was a great time yeah and, and so i enjoyed watching these couple episodes of luck just a little bit more mm. in that oh i have just recently been in this environment and appreciate it uh just a little bit more okay let's get into episode three of luck um i also say i just generally enjoy these episodes more and not not that I didn't enjoy the other ones, but like I remember I, I, when I started watching episode three, I was like, "Oh, what what happened again?" I was uh -huh. worried that I yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. to get into the story, you know. And it didn't take me long to just start enjoying the the the, the show again. Um, I I feel the same way. Uh, watching these two episodes, they it kind of flew by for me. It's like, yeah. oh, that's the end of the episode. I agree. This is this was a good show. I have more to say about that as we go on. But this was a very well done, written, produced, acted show. Yep, agreed. Um, it's it's too bad the the one shortcoming is what you know could, like they almost made it impossible for them to continue, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, we'll talk. I, I we'll talk about that as we go on. Sure. Obviously. So yeah. Um. So Chester, played by Dennis uh, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I said Dennis, and I was like, is that right? That's, of course that's right. Why would I be wrong? <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. That's right. Yeah. Um, meets with his board of directors to make funds available for the, the purpose of pursuing the casino. Can I be honest? I'm still – I have to admit that I am still kind of struggling with um, – I'm still kind of struggling 
with being interested in this part of the show like hoffman's character intrigues me i like watching him portray that character but i don't know how i like even at the end of episode four i was like i don't know if i care about yeah yeah i'm completely 100 with you he's the star of the show obviously you know the big name but if he weren't a big name, you'd almost think, okay, he's one of the side characters, you know, because yes. he certainly doesn't seem like the main character of this show. Uh, I realize it's an ensemble cast, but, you know, it's more like, okay, he's the B story. And I will stay, say this, of all the characters, uh, he's the least interesting to me. Yes. You know, I mean, these other characters are way more interesting. I we're only through episode four. Well, there are only 10 episodes total, so we'll see if things change. But yeah, it's true. Uh, I, he's Oh, I think he's marvelous in the role. He's an interesting enough character. Oh, but I'm way more interested in the other characters. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, yeah. you can make, I mean, I, I, I'm more taken by Nick Nolte's storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't remember the, actor, the actor's name, but you know, the, the, the Escalante is more like... Uh-huh. And get, like any anything he's involved in is interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I would almost say that if you were watching the show, you you'd think that the the four guys, the buddies that you know won the uh, the pick six, that it, like they're the stars of the show, yeah. right? Because to me, yeah, well, you know, it's four of them, but their story's very interesting, intriguing. They're kind of comic relief too, in a way. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we think we see uh post position draws um as they're happening, randomized by choosing uh position and then horse. This is a big deal. Um, you know, th- this is a um, you know, whenever the derby happens, right? Like, like with the the drawing of the the post um post position matters. Um, not only for uh and and. Uh, Nick Nolte's character, um, Walter, has a great line. Uh, as a journalist is talking to him, you know, he the journalist sort of asks about the draw, and he and Walter responds, "I sure as hell don't want the rail." Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's a big deal to have gone made this huge investment in horse training, everything to you know in this case, like they drew the rail and that you know all of a sudden all that all that investments just got uh just got in um threatened by a poor a poor post draw right so um, yeah and i love that we're seeing this kind of behind the scenes of the draw i don't know if they still do that today with you know kind of this big gourd with little you know dice in it with numbers on it or if it's electronic or what but i love that's one thing i really enjoy about the show is seeing kind of the behind the scenes of horse racing which is something i'm not familiar with Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's uh, so, um, yeah, Nick Nolte's character, Walter, he's disappointed that uh, he drew the first post position. And uh, as as people are kind of leaving, Joey, the the um, Richard Kind's character, who's the uh, agent for jockeys, he kind of says to him, oh, you know, uh, uh, they've been running good on the inside lately, as if to kind of give him some support. Like, oh, they've been right. running lately. You know, the inside's been running good. Just a little. Yeah. I love how they throw in little things like that. Yeah. By the way, Richard, that might be performance of the show. Uh, <laughs> Richard Kind. Richard yeah. Kind is Joey. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I have other characters that I like that I like better, but it's 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 difficult to not recognize how unique that character is and uh, how well, just how consistent that kind of performance is. Like having to be that character for every scene. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's sort of intense, isn't it? And you know, Richard Kind is mostly a comedic actor. You you see him mostly in comedic roles. 
And although you could certainly laugh at this character, you know, for as neurotic as he is, uh, yeah, he does a great job. The uh, what was he, um, Jerry comes to Escalante looking for information on this horse they're hoping to buy. So if you remember, um, they they were trying to get this horse in a um, in a uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I you know I heard it and then I was going to write it down. Then I was like, why would I forget that? And then I didn't write it down. But do you remember what the name of that that race is called? Um, oh yeah, um, with the uh, yeah where you can <laughs> buy one of the horses uh, claiming right. race. Yeah. <laughs> claiming race. Yeah, yeah there we yeah. go. Um, so they they put the they uh, they were hoping to get this horse in on a claim. They didn't. They're now trying to work with the person who did, um, and they want Escalante to also train it. Escalante used to be the um, used to be the owner, so he's trying to get information out of him. Escalante gives him uh, a note: the horse can't run anymore. And Jerry makes the analogy that yeah, maybe if you you know uh, if someone was asking me about my ex, and I still had us felt a certain way. I might not give him the bet. Like I might tell him she has crabs. And I thought it was, and and Escalante immediately recognizes that his bluff has been called. Mm-hmm, um, yes, yeah. Um, still, you know, Escalante. Th- there's never a scene where you think Escalante is being 100 percent genuine, but <laughs> right. uh, Escalante does show some. Uh, just uh, acknowledge that his bluff has been called, um, and uh, agrees to, uh, or gives him more better information, and then agrees to have the uh, the vet look uh, the horse over. Yeah. Jerry then visits the uh, the guy who uh, who got the horse. They're trying to negotiate on a price, and as the price is sort of teetering upwards, Jerry then counters uh, like it, it had gotten as high as forty k at one point. He was trying to get it closer to thirty, and it's going back and forth. Jerry then counters with twenty five twenty five k for the horse. And five thousand for that grill you got there, sort of making, uh, trying to make a side deal of, look, if the official price is down mm. this way, I can kick you a little bit, uh, that you that you know that's just for you, um, and they end up getting the deal. I think he ends up having to pay like seven or eight thousand for the deal. Uh, for yeah, the, right. Uh, and this grill, grill is just this real crappy barbecue <laughs> thing. Yeah. that probably is going to get thrown away. That's just sitting there on their ranch. Yeah. Yeah um i liked so there was a nice little scene of a little bartering between uh yeah. between two gentlemen um the old man jockey uh gets thrown off a horse during a race and uh breaks his collarbone collarbone walter now needs to find a new jockey uh for his uh for his up-and-coming star horse at at the beginning when this happened mark i was like do I really care about this jockey? Like, I feel like like they brought him in to just have him fall again. Like, I I, I thought like you know initially they brought him in. He was this recovering uh, alcoholic, substance abuse stuff like that. Uh, Richard Kind's character is trying to work with him and trying to give him some grace because he needs him as a jockey, but also clearly has a long relationship. And so, and I was like, oh, this is like a redemption story with this guy. Like, this guy's gonna find his way. And then he falls off the uh, off the horse. He breaks his collarbone. There's more drama about this later on. But at this point, I was like, okay, so he's out again? Do I care about this? I, I, I'm struggling with, with this particular jockey. I guess I am not coming. Uh, I've got some baggage to bring into watching this because the jockey, Ronnie, is played by real-life jockey Gary Stevens. And I'm right. always aware of that while I'm watching it. So I may be thinking more like, okay, Gary Stevens is pulling this off. I guess he's a good enough actor. So, right. yeah, I'm not really sure. Obviously, you're right. It's it's for drama. 
and you know he's going to slip back into his you know his his demons are going to take over again basically maybe drugs alcohol that kind of thing and, and the show is the show is pretty melodramatic in some ways and so i guess that's what they're going for i can kind of see what you're saying um yeah it's like okay we care more about some of the other jockeys for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, our four gamblers uh, finally get to buy their horse and they couldn't be more excited. And this is where the show, this is when I realized that I was really just enjoying watching the show. There's a great scene that takes almost takes a few minutes. And uh, it's like the, the four guys who are, who could not be just sort of your, like if you didn't just watch them win this huge purse off of, uh, you know, in episode one, they look like your typical run of the mill down on their luck kind of uh, oh, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. And they are all just in their own way enamored by the fact that they own this horse now. And they like each take their turn feeding it a carrot and like Escalante is kind of observing this and like his body language is kind of like fun to watch in that, uh, in that scene. And they really sat in this scene for, I thought for, and it, I just, it was just so pleasant to watch. Yeah. It's a good scene. Even, you know, hardened wheelchair bound Marcus played by Kevin Dunn seems kind of giddy in his own way about, Hey, we've got this horse. You know, usually he's, you know, complaining about things. That scene is also great because it educates the four of them and us, the audience, on how expensive it is to maintain a racehorse, you know, because uh, Escalante goes through all the fees, you know, it's right. not just boarding and everything, but it's visits from the vet, vet and, you know, carrots per month and, you know, all this and just on and on and on. It didn't seem to phase the four of them because, again, they were so happy to have this horse. But I'm glad they kind of put that education in there for for them and for us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I dated a girl who was in the horses one time and I, and I was just, when I was learning about like how expensive it is just to own the horse, <laughs> just right? To, like yeah. just yeah. to, just to maintain it and like, let it exist on your, uh, yeah. not, it, if you have property, great, but most people don't have their own right. property for their own horse. Right. And so that's, yeah. So it's, it's staggering. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. Most people don't get into horses uh, for profit, right? Right. Uh, yeah, def- that's definitely <laughs> yeah. They have to love uh, definitely, it. Yeah. where owning a horse and being a gambler are uh, similar. Um, Chester is interviewing a young man. Chester, being um, Hoffman's character, is interviewing a young man in his company for po- uh, for possible personal work, assigning him sort of a, a specific role um, in what is presumably they're going to be. I, I, it's about the horse, right? I was trying to. This is where I was having a hard time. They're, they are also in pers- like pursuing a horse they being um right. uh um uh, hoffman's character and uh dennis farina's character like they're like pr- also pursuing a horse and i was having a hard time picking up on if they're like are they trying to recruit this kid to be a part of that transaction or is this like another angle on the casino that that was unclear to me it is still unclear i thought that it might even be possible that ace is kind of grooming this new character, Nathan, uh, taking him under his wing, maybe sees some of himself in him, even though he complains that he's, you know, just some brash punk. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I think, I think what you just point possibly see some of himself in him. I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the relationship we're seeing here. Yeah, because you, 
you see him call out uh, Nathan's imperfections or things he doesn't like in the way that he's behaving, but he doesn't do it. Like he calls him out on it almost as if like, as if he's trying to course correct, not that he's trying to like, right. He's not about to kick him out of his office. It's like, here's how you need to change your thinking. Now let's move on. Um, one thing, I, one thing I love, and this comes up at least a dozen times in this in this episode, is answering a question with a question. Yeah. And around the fourth or fifth time, I realized, yeah, that is annoying. When someone <laughs> answers a question with a question, I was like, at first, I was like, come on, like this not be. And then I was like, that is really annoying answering <laughs> a question with a question. I think uh, Hoffman's character is onto something here. I'm gonna start calling people. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make sure that I answer as many questions with questions as I can at Zorkfest. <laughs> what do you mean, whole, why do I bet the pass line? It's just the whole the whole panel is just you re- deflecting <laughs> yeah, any right. question with the asking of the question. <laughs> Did Mark actually say anything up there? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> um, the... Um, Marcus, uh, Mar- uh, Marcus, Jerry, the crew, uh, the four gamblers, they're, they have a little barbecue, uh, or they're grilling, I guess. Um, and Jerry, after now that the now that the whole horse transaction is complete, Jerry is now leaving the group to uh, to go find some fun. Marcus yells at him, "You're going to go gamble." And I was, and even though I knew that's what Jerry was about to do, and even though I know that uh, being a degenerate's, uh, you know, there's liability there, I was like. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why you were. Who cares if he's going to gamble? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that, that sounds doesn't sound so bad. But um, when you're Jerry's character, it is um, and it is kind of bad. Um, the uh, a few scenes of drama storyline go by, and then we get back to Jerry, who has arrived at a poker table at um, at uh, Hustlers, right? Hustle, yeah, um, Hustler Casino, in, Hustler yeah, Casino, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after Marcus was hopeful that Jerry had gone it. So there is a scene, uh, uh, I forgot to mention they're at the racetrack when they're in the midst of getting this horse, uh, transaction done. Marcus makes the comment that Jerry's not staying out, uh, staying out all night. And he kind of like alludes to the idea that maybe Jerry has sort of course corrected on his own behavior with gambling Mm -hmm. with being involved in his horse and then the second the horse is taken care of and under escalante's um uh care boom he's right back at the at the casino um playing poker and he's right back into and that's essentially uh where the episode ends yeah yeah and it's you know since it's kind of a serialized show uh, you know, as we get to the next episode, it, we're just going to basically continue these same storylines. But yep. I, there were a couple of other things I wanted to mention about this episode. At the Towards the beginning, during the morning runs, there's a horse that gets loose and is running the opposite direction on the track. And an alarm goes off to, you know, let any riders know out there that it's going on. Uh, I wasn't aware of something like this at a track. Obviously, it makes sense, you know, to have that, to let everybody know, hey, Horse on the loose, you know, careful. Don't be going at full speed and, and watch for that. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I guess we should say, too, one of the major plot points here is that Leon, who's sort of this new up-and-coming um, jockey, he is in the sauna, and yes. he uh, passes out as he's walking out of the sauna. And they're obviously going for a storyline here on how hard it is to be a jockey and making weight and, you know, exercising versus taking in calories, not taking in enough calories. So uh, that's kind of where the drama is going with uh, with his character. And we're probably going to see a little bit more of that. Um, 
And oh, this is kind of funny. I don't know why this caught my ear, but two different characters in this episode referred to a bathroom as lavatory. Now, lavatory, I mean, yeah, people say it. I've said it many times. But to hear it twice in an episode, I don't know, is lav especially here in Southern California, lavatory is not really that common a term. And just for two different characters to say it, I'm thinking, okay, this, you know, this sounds like a writer who says lavatory and he had two of his characters say lavatory. Do you say lavatory a lot, uh, Tim? Um, no. So okay. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of the only time I, so lavatory is something I hear occasionally when I heard occasionally when I was in the military, there was, uh, I mean, we would call it the head, but the uh, head, cause, yeah, because yeah, because we're, uh, but like I would hear officers sometimes call it the lavatory, uh, army calls it l a latrine, mm. um, there, yeah, oh, and then like the airplane is the only other place I feel like I I've heard I hear people, yeah, the, yeah Bogan yeah. makes the point only on an airplane, yeah, so I feel yeah. like so, I feel like I've heard it occasionally, like in the government, people refer to it as a lavatory when they're trying to be like professional or whatever like I, I don't know but yeah i it's funny you found because when when <laughs> nathan asked to use a lavatory i was like what <laughs> like yeah, i had the okay. same response i was like who calls it that but uh yeah lavatory great point yeah and then uh, the other character who says it is joey richard kind's character okay and you know they they don't seem very similar nathan and Rich. so anyway that, that's just an aside i'm not complaining other than no it's it's a what? great thing i mean it's that's all i'm gonna call it now <laughs> it's not just so answering questions with questions referring to it as a lavatory that is your yeah. zork fest vibe huh <laughs> um so something uh during this whole during this jockey storyline especially with um with leon who is who's struggling with uh body you know like with weight and stuff like that it actually reminded me of a line from rounders i don't know if you remember this line uh when matt damon is in on the professor's game um and one of them says why don't you do or um uh don't worry it's not worth your time kid why don't you become a jockey or something and do something useful and then another guy responds kind of tall isn't he and i remember the first time i saw that thinking oh i guess i guess maybe you don't want to be too tall but now that like with this movie and having followed horse racing a little bit more you realize like you don't really think about how small jockeys really are until you really start paying attention or someone point like until it's really pointed out to you that holy smokes jockeys are are, are small people they're, yeah they're not just short they have to be you know thin too yeah. to make the weight yeah yeah uh it also reminds well i'll get to this uh when we cover uh episode four is that all you got for episode three uh yes that's it very good Episode four, we see Jerry in the bathroom washing his face. Uh, he has clearly been under some stress. Uh, it's sort of presumptuous that or he's presumed that he's kind of got cleaned up a little bit on the poker tables. Yes. His nemesis, the only only way I can describe Chen, uh, yep. his nemesis is also in the bathroom uh, just talking all sorts of trash about the way that Jerry's playing his game. Yep. And it's clear that Chen... Chen knows he has a mark here on Jerry and, and it's clear that not only is he being a bully because it's his, who he is, it's clear that he's being a bully because he knows that's how he's going to get the most out of Jerry. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And yep. I, I really like the, the actor does a really good job of delivering it in both ways. Right. Where he, where it's clear that this is just part of his personality. He is the bully at a table, 
but he's he's especially needling Jerry because he knows that's where he gets the pots out of Jerry, yep. right? Yep. Um. Yep. So I didn't. Uh, of course, I, I I didn't bother looking up the the, the actor's name, but really great performance in the way that he's delivering uh that aspect of that character. Yeah, Dennis Dunn is his name. D U N. Dennis Dunn. Yep. Yeah. Um. The um. The there's a lot now. of poker. There's a lot of poker in this episode. There's yes. almost more poker than horse racing in this episode. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was nice because episode three. I mean, we had plenty of notes to make. Not a whole lot of gambling, right? There really was, yeah, other right, than right. That's true, other than yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. The actual gambling scenes didn't really come out. Uh, the gamblers now are at the track to watch their horse along with just about every other character that has a horse in this show, which was, it was kind of a, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of a fun scene, right? Everybody who has a horse in this show happened to be at the track to watch their horse. Um, uh, the way, can I say the way that Nolte, Nick Nolte is playing Walter is also great. I think I said at the top of the episode, uh, yeah. the, this, the, he's just so subtle, but he's so strong, right? Like, and he, like, he just really, like, he has, he has this great moment in the stables where he's talking to his horse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. This is, I mean, this show is just good. Yeah, it really is. And his, he's very good with this character because you can tell the character is hurting emotionally and that that's affecting him physically too yeah so yep. yeah he's he and it's it's so interesting and this may change as more episodes come out but it, it almost seems like he's in a completely separate world from the rest of the characters as well yeah uh, he interacts with them a little bit but it's more maybe it's because he talks to himself more than some of the other characters or whatever but yeah yeah great performance i also so to that point i think it's because when he does interact with the other characters, it's because he needs to interact with them, but it doesn't seem like any of the characters are otherwise interested in what, in his world, right? There like, you go. Yeah. They're paying it. attention mm-hmm. to his horse a little bit, but otherwise they don't really care about him. Yeah. Whereas, whereas everybody else is sort of intertwined in their own, own way. Good. Yeah. Uh, Renzo, um, Richie uh, Coster's play uh, character, uh, is on the phone with his mom and uh, is unsure if he should be sending her more money for bingo, and because he knows she's just going to run to Reno to play the slots. Yeah, it's great. I I wrote down the quote because he said you only hear his side of the conversation. He's on right. the phone, but ain't the bingo just the invariable jump off? Next thing you're in Reno on the slots. Right. So I just love that. That's like the you know the his. Uh, <laughs> his drug of her drug of choice right now is bingo. And then she's going to graduate to the slots in Reno. Yeah. Um, also another great performance. Uh, Richie Coster as, as Renzo. Yeah. Renzo kind of the, the, the idiot of the four. I yeah. shouldn't say that that's a little harsh, but maybe a little too, maybe more simple than the rest of them. And he seems gullible. There you go. Yeah, I think is maybe the right word for it. Yeah. Um, we're back at the we're back at the poker tables where we see Jerry. He is struggling to call with a pair with a uh, pair of jacks um, uh, that he has um, in his hand. His nemesis shows a six two to so he ends up folding because he realizes that he's just being egged on by by uh, by Chen, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. To he feels like he's being bullied. And decides that he's not going to give in to this stuff anymore. Folds, and then the guy flips over six two just to piss him off. Yeah. Um. And th- I mean, it's one of those things where like y- you watch it and you see the way that he, re- how Jerry responds, and how Chen is interacting with him, and Chen just owns him. 
I mean, it's just, I mean, he is rent free in Jerry's head and just, I should say, not only is he rent free, he is getting paid out, uh, you know, hand after hand because he can uh, needle Jerry like this. Um, And then he offers him a game at his restaurant. Now, did you happen to write down the stipulations of this game? Because I didn't think about it until we got to the restaurant and then didn't, I didn't have time to go oh, back. You know, I, I kind of remember some of them. Yeah, Chen is trying to kind of goad him into doing this. Oh, yeah, I'll let you have the button every time. You know, the whole right. time you come, you know, he's trying to get him to come to the restaurant. But he's, yeah, he's he's really goading him into doing it. And of course, it's the last thing that Jerry should do. You know, go to, I mean, obviously, if you're playing a private game, you don't have to worry about the rake, but he's going into enemy territory here. So it's a terrible yeah. decision on his part. But, you know, that's what the character ends up doing. Um, I I do have, I, I don't know if you're done with that. I did take quite a few notes from this scene. Oh, so. please. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So uh, towards the beginning of it, yeah, the, the uh, it's before the flop. And everybody's just looking at their two cards. Um, I, I was a little disappointed they did this. Leo actually makes a string, or Chan, his first name's Leo. He makes a, a string bet at the beginning. He makes a $3,000 bet, but you can see it. He puts out $2,000 and then puts out an additional $1,000 stack. So um, string bets, you know, not allowed in casinos. So um, the Jerry gets very mad and starts verbally abusing Chan. Now Chan is, is, you know, needling him too, but Jerry's using a lot of foul language and the other tables at the uh, other players at the table, they're saying to the dealer, you need to call the floor. You're not going to call the floor on this guy. Because he's just, you know, he's cussing, he's being abusive, and the dealer never does. She lets Jerry kind of continue to do it. But, you know, several of the players say, this is why, you you know, if you're not calling the floor now, when would you call the floor? So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Jerry, as he's trying to figure out if he's going to make a call or not, and at the time, as as a viewer, I'm hoping that he folds. You know, I don't know that he's being bluffed at this point, just because it's like, oh, Jerry, don't fall into his trap again. But anyway, Jerry is says to to Chan, why so much? And for people who maybe don't know poker, Jerry's trying to think, okay, did Chan overbet right now because he wants me to fold? Right. You know, that is a tactic. It happens in some poker sometimes where, okay, that's a way bigger bet than I would expect, right? You don't bet aces that strong. Why is he betting so much? So in that respect, he's trying to decide whether he's going to call or not. But he does end up folding, and uh, it, like uh, Tim said, you know, it turns out he was being bluffed with a six-two. Uh, Jerry then tells the dealer <laughs> that if she starts dealing good cards to him and bad cards to Chan, that he'll tip her five hundred dollars a hand. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because that is what just happened, <laughs> right? Right. Jerry right. did get the good cards, right? Yeah. He just made point. the the wrong decision there, and then. Um, as Jerry has decided that he's going to go to this private game, he does tip the dealer who is going to deal at that private game does tip her $500 as the scene ends. Yeah. Um, we'll see, we'll see this dealer again. Um, yeah. and I'll bring up a, a note about her. Um, we move on. We see the young jockey who's dealing with, uh, making weight. He is just getting berated by, uh, by Joey, uh the the jockey agent about putting on weight and getting back on escalante's horse the old man jockey is dealing with substance abuse um the show i think at this point even though i don't really feel invested in the in the older jockey i did at this point 
started to turn the corner on actually being interested in that this aspect of the show. Um, Ronda Rousey's uh, in her book, she talks about making weight in martial arts, and you know, and how you know she would she would essentially strip you know she would find herself completely dehydrated, stripped down, completely naked just to hit that weight and then between that and like and then fi- and rehydrate re- like like endless like the 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 uh the toll that that took on a body of like having to lose all that water weight for this like two mm-hmm. seconds of being on a yeah. scale and then taking it all back right away getting and then having your body adjust to that before the fight and stuff um i can only imagine what it's like being uh, a jockey where um you know it's not it's not in not where being a fighter getting that getting that that weight back is in your benefit right so long as you make weight at the scale getting that weight back in the fight is your but on but for a jockey making weight doesn't mean anything if you then if put on more pounds for the horse right like you have to maintain right. that weight for it to benefit the race right so yeah I'm really glad that the show is dealing with this aspect of horse racing that a lot of people might not be aware of the uh jerry is back now in the back room or not the back he's uh, at the back room game at the restaurant it's a cash game looks like it's heads up um we only get to see one hand sort of here at the beginning he has sevens full uh chan has eights full um it's just you know they're showing you he's still getting beat here nothing's changed uh and he goes into his bag for more cash now the dealer of this game is the same dealer that was at the poker table uh, at the casino. Yeah. And I, it led me to believe that she's under chance payroll and she didn't call the floor in the casino because she knows that that's essential to chance game against Jerry. That very, very possible. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Yep. Cause, cause to your, you know, to, you know, the, the character or the, the players at the, in the casino were like, are you not going to call the floor? And you kind of wonder at first I was like, is she not calling the floor? Cause maybe she's like played with Jerry enough that she doesn't want like maybe, but as soon as she's dealing the game in the restaurant, I was led to believe that she actually didn't intervene on what was probably going to be a big pot for Chan. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. You, it, when you initially see that first scene where she doesn't call the floor, it seems like she's doing Jerry a favor, but in yep. reality, she could be doing Chan a favor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a, so yeah, that's a good scene. I, I, at first I thought, well, wait a second, what happened here? There was no betting round on the river. And then I realized that uh, Jerry was all in. They were playing with table stakes, meaning money that was physically on the table at the time. Jerry did have a big bag of money next to him that was not, you know, eligible for the current hand. So right. uh, I was, you know, furiously writing down, oh, they made a big mistake. And then I realized, nope, nope, I missed something. So good for them. <laughs> Cousin Vito's in the house. Um, by the way, do you, do, have you ever seen one of these videos that Cousin Vito does now with... Uh, I haven't uh, watched them. The Big ones Lou. where he and uh, Big Lou go out and get the uh, fast food stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. you know, if if you want to kill time, uh, it's it's entertaining. Uh, him and Lou are making funny videos there. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um, there's a great horse racing scene. I mean, I, I you know, we're four episodes in, three and a half episodes. Well, almost to the end of four episodes now, and you know, there's a good horse racing scene in episode one, but it kind of gets like, it's tough to stomach because of what happens to the horse. Right. 
we don't really get to see a lot of horse racing beyond that. And then we get the, we get this race where Walter's horse ends up getting uh, the young lady as the jockey, um, uh, Carrie Condon playing Rosie. Her she gets the opportunity to jockey the horse. She's super excited. Um, and the horse gets stalled out of the gate. Now she's three lengths back to start. And it's this great, I mean, like, you know, from it's, it, it's so predictable, but was so pleasant to watch. Like you just know from the second that she starts uh, slow at the gate, you're like, this is, the, this is, this is what she's going to do. She's going to catch no. up and she's no. going to win. And sure enough, but it was still like, even knowing that from the, from the first second, it was so fun to watch. Nick Nolte's like emotions while he's watching it. He almost like, he like, he like finds the cadence of the gate. Right. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like the old guys in on the off track betting sites where they're like, <laughs> they're getting into watching the horse. Right. Uh, Nick Nolte kind of has like that kind of t- uh, twitch to it. Um, it was, it was really well done. It was a fantastic scene. And, you know, I mentioned when we first were talking about the first couple of episodes, how incredible the uh, action footage was of the actual races. And this was another great example of that. And then as the as the race is ending, uh, they use slow motion and, you know, there's like kind of crescending the crescendo music. It's almost like an emotional end to a movie, the way that they portrayed it. Uh, And it was so well done. And as I'm watching this, you know, I'm thinking, wow, they did such a great job with these action action sequences. And obviously they've got uh, cameramen. If they're not on horses, you know, they're on some kind of vehicle right next to the horse, that kind of thing. And then and I I hate to bring it up, but, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, the cloud that, you know, is hanging over this show is that horses died in the production. And so it's kind of tempered because the scenes are so good. They're so good. But ultimately, you know. Some horses, you know, suffered for this, and that's why the show didn't continue. So, <sighs> I'm sorry well, to bring that up at this point, but I really—it's—it's it's such a fantastic, wonderful, emotional scene. Yeah. But at, when it was ending, you know, that's what hit me. So. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's. Well, I'll save this thought for. Uh, we'll finish the the rest of this. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. There's more to say. Yeah, so he he gets the he 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 see Walter sees his horse later. He asks, uh, he learns that the horse coughed, and he wipes the uh, the horse's nose to find blood. Um, at first, you're like, oh man, there's a flaw with this horse. Then the vet checks with him and just sort of says he needs some antibiotics. Did I did I catch this right? It seemed like she was pl- like she played off the situation as if it was manageable. She I, did. She did, and. Uh, that is kind of the realism of horse racing as well, because there are a lot of horses who, especially when they run, they have respiratory bleeding. And for many years, uh, veterinarians would give them uh, Lasix, which is a drug that kind of prevents that. Uh, In fact, it was very common. You would look at like even the racing form and there'd be a, a circle with an L uh, a, a circle around an L, and that would indicate that the horse was on Lasix. Hmm. As of now, just within the last few years, uh, you're allowed to give your horse Lasix between races, but I believe it's like within 24 hours of a race that the horse can't be on this drug. So I, 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 I'm not an expert on it, but that it, that rang true to me too. It's like she says, okay, yes, we see it there. 
uh, antibiotics just to be sure. That's what she said. Didn't even say it was an infection necessarily. Antibiotics to be sure. And then she actually said Lasix. We'll put them on Lasix. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Vito horse uh, wants to know if the horse was storing drugs. What I want to know is how many scotches is Vito in for the night? At least yeah. three, right? How many? Yeah. How many Vito? Yeah. Finally, um, Renzo, um, Renzo and Lonnie go into the. So the, the guys are worried about uh, about Jerry. So they go into this restaurant and they pull him out. Let me tell you, Jerry has some fucking good friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. like it's, you know, they won this money together. They split it. They've bought this horse together. Like there's a lot of trust uh, built into this group of, of guys. And then they decided, and then they know where he, they learn where he is and they go in and just get him. And, yeah, like, well, and you like, know, the thing is it's Marcus's idea. Right. The other yes. two, they don't even kind of really know what's going on. And that's what makes Marcus such an interesting character, because he's not just this curmudgeon. He does care about Jerry. And he yeah. says to the other two, go in and tell Jerry that I'm the sickest you've ever seen me. And he's got to come right now yeah. to get him out of the poker room. Yeah. Yeah. And he listens. He like he, he listens. Yeah. yeah. And, and then there's a great scene towards the end where they're in their motel and he comes out and he thanks them. Yep. So he realizes he was in a bad spot there and that they pulled him out. Yeah. Um, and probably uh, one of my, this is such a great line as they're as right before Jerry comes out and said, and, and thanks them. Um, you know, um, Renzo is trying to think of like what they, you know, Renzo, like, you know, the, the, the just the, the innocent uh, guy of the group is like, it like offers to even repool the money to like resplit it <laughs> to sort of make yeah. up. And yeah. Marcus has this great line. He's like, whatever is wrong with Jerry, you don't make it whole by giving him money. Yeah, great line. And yeah. and so I think what I like in here is Marcus is being like, no, like we even if it's even if we help with it, like giving him money is just going to make it easier for him to do this again. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, more to your point that it's a great part of learning more about Marcus and how he actually truly does. Because if he didn't, if if who we thought Marcus was in his attitude towards Jerry in the first few episodes rang true, we just, just we would just assume that Marcus would just let him blow his bankroll at, uh -huh. at that restaurant and be like, whatever, you're out of money. It's up to, you know, that's a, you know, that's your problem. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, thoughts we're, we're four episodes in. Uh, what are your feelings on the show thus far? Well, like I said, I, I think it's a great show. Uh, the acting, the, the writing, the production, uh, it was tremendous. It's just a shame what happened. Uh, and I understand, you know, why it got shut down. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, that's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, before let me, I do have a few more notes on this episode, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, so something's going on with Ace's grandson and we apparently don't know. Remember there's a scene where Ace is on a yacht and they kind of mention his grandson, like maybe he's in some kind of trouble. We didn't really find out too much there, did we? Or did I miss no. something? So okay. th this was I I couldn't remember exactly what we had learned about why Ace was in jail, and I want because yeah. the guy who brings up his grandson says you did a good thing for him, and it made me wonder if what he went to jail for was part of maybe like, if, yeah if his mm -hmm. grandson made a mistake and he took the cover like like it it, it felt like it was built into that 
part of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We do have we do find out about a couple of surprise relationships. Um, Joe, the uh, veterinarian, it turns out, is in sort of a superficial sexual relationship with Escalante that yeah. we didn't really see coming. But, you know, when they were arguing earlier, it's like, OK, there's obviously some sexual tension there. And we also find out that Rosie and Leon, uh, the two jockeys, that they are. Uh, also in some kind of relationship, you know, right. They sprung those surprises on us. The only other thing I have to say, so I always have the uh, closed captioning on when I'm watching the episode, just because sometimes I can pause and then actually, you know, write down exactly what was said. And other times, just if I miss a word or here, here or there, but whoever was closed captioning obviously didn't really know the subject matter because there are mistakes as you go along, you know, and I'm reading along. It's like, well, that can't be what he said. Right. And then I'll go back and listen to it. It's oh no. One example is, for example, uh, the uh, the hand in the restaurant where Chan wins with aces full of fours. The dealer says aces full to indicate that he's got the better hand. Aces full. Excuse me. Eights full. Right. Right. <laughs> Eight full. <laughs> I'm going to screw up myself. Eights full. But the closed captioning said eights four. <laughs> Right, like the closed caption was, oh, okay, yeah, there were eights in their pair of fours, so eights four, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, I, there are quite a few little errors here and there if you watch the closed captioning. Yeah, four episodes in, uh, I really like this show. Yeah, me too. And I'm realizing um, as I watch, you know, when we decided to do this, I was like, oh, yeah, I watched that show. But like, as we're watching, like, as I, when I watched the first two episodes, like, oh, yeah, I remember this stuff. As I was watching these, I was like, I don't remember this. <laughs> I I may have actually bailed on this show way earlier than I thought I did. Oh, okay. I, I do I do like I remember it coming out. I remember watching I, I thought I watched more than episodes in this, or maybe my memory is just really bad. I know I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. Uh, I know I didn't finish I know I haven't seen uh the ending, and I could not remember how far into the episodes episode I got um and some things in episode three seem familiar but like episode four mm -hmm. like i felt like like not i felt everything felt new okay and so i may have bailed on this so i'm actually really looking forward to how this is developing because i yeah. think i may have bailed on this show earlier than i thought i did mm -hmm. um so we'll do this again so episodes so there's nine episodes in the season even it's not even a full full 10 there's okay there's nine episodes um, we will do episodes five and six the next time we do this, which will be February. Yeah. January. Um, I'd like to do, I'd like to do a movie I've been looking forward to doing. Uh, we'll do the house. Okay, good. Uh, yes. Um, it is. <laughs> okay. I need to say the, one of the reasons why I want to do the house is every once in a while, You'll see. Um, oh, look at Carl Schlegel back in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I'm checking Colin yep. from the bathroom. Um, <laughs> every you'll see sports books or other like gambling related um, Twitter handles. They'll post some graphic that has a bunch of gambling movies on it, and they're like, "Which one of these is the best?" or whatever. And then, of course, in the comment or the the replies, it's everybody nominating the one that the like either one from there or saying, "Oh, how like you're missing this." And then, like, people always trash on the house. And I understand it's not, like, a good movie, as in, like, oh, man, like, this will, like, blow you away. But, for like, I thought it was a really funny movie, and I legitimately enjoyed it. 
So yeah, yeah. it's uh, we're the right audience for it. You know, just like Vegas Vacation uh, is good for people who love Vegas and love gambling, right? And I, yeah, Vegas Vacation, it's not a good movie. I'll admit it, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And I think you and I had similar experiences with the house as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to covering that. And then I was trying to think of like what movie like pairs well with that. I couldn't find anything that like went well with it. Um, and so I decided to just to go to the other side of the spectrum on, on watching a gambling movie and the other side will be uncut gems. Oh man. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about contrast. Let's do uncut gems first when we do the review. All right. We'll do Um, uncut gems first. And then, uh, and then, um, uh, the house. Okay. So the house is available to rent on like on most platforms. I don't know if I see anywhere that it's streaming. Um, Uncut Gems is uh, is available, I believe, on Netflix, if I'm remembering right. That sounds right. I will check. Uh, you know, I do these TV listings every once in a while. The house shows up on you know, Comedy Central or TBS or something like that. So if if I see that in any of the listings, I'll I'll let you know and also post about that. Um, I'll tell you what, I want to touch upon one more thing that's depressing. Oh, so <laughs> let's plan on saying something after we talk about this that's a little more uplifting. So I just keep that in okay. the back of your mind. So uh, we're talking about uh, the, we're talking about luck. We're talking about, yeah horses horse racing in a way kind of a dying sport gonna say just this last week medina spirit you know the winner of the kentucky derby died and all they're saying right now is that it looks like it was a heart attack uh they're going to you know perform an an autopsy on uh, him to see if that was really the case they may never know why he had a heart attack but uh you know, here you go again. Oh my gosh. And to remind people, you know, he was the Kentucky Derby winner, but uh, Bob Baffert was uh, uh, banned from the uh, Churchill Downs because they found uh, a substance in Medina Spirit when they did the drug testing that was not allowed. Um, the, the Kentucky Derby, they still have not. I, I would have, Mike and I thought maybe that Medina Spirit would be disqualified as the winner of the Kentucky Derby. Certainly by now, uh, we were looking into it and they still haven't made a decision. Uh, I don't know if this will affect their decision or not, but here we go again. You know, it's just, it's heartbreaking and it is a dying sport and it's just another black eye. And, you know, um, so I, I thought, well, gosh, the timing here where we're talking about this, I think we at least have to mention it and say, you know, what, what did cause this? Was it, you know, genetic? Was it steroids, which very often can lead to a heart attack? I don't pretend to know, but I yeah. thought we'd have to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's... So, I, I struggled with this a little bit um, when I was at the track uh, just, you know, a handful of days ago. I was like, this is fun, right? Like I, 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 you know, I, 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 there was only, there was maybe 30 people there. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a big crowd or anything. Um, You know, you go out, you watch a race. I mean, there's so few people I walked right up to the, I was at the rail watching the race, right? Like, it's not like I'm in the stands or anything. I'm at the rail with the, with the dirt track a foot away from me. Right. And you know, you, 
uh, depending on where they start, you know, that you might see them pass by a first time and then you're right there at the, at the wire. And then, you know, you're like, Oh, like you go back in, you know, if you got a ticket, you deal with it. You, you know, you look at the, like, you know, I don't know anything about handicapping. So I'm looking at the names, right? Like, Oh, look, this one's named wizard of odds. I got to bet on that one. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, I go and I get, I get my beer, you know, I go back outside. I like take a look around and, and the atmosphere is like this this den of degenerates, which is <laughs> oddly comforting for some uh, reason. Yeah. You know, like, and you know, you wander back out there when it's time for the like the horses to be walked out and stuff. And I get why horse racing was a popular pastime for so long because it took you know there was eight races. They went off about once every twenty five to thirty minutes. And that's just how I spent for a few hours of my evening, and it was really enjoyable. Yeah. And let me tell you. When the bets cost less than your beer, it's a good situation <laughs> to be in, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I probably I probably spent more that night than I would in one shooter at a craps table, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And but at one point I was thinking, like, oh yeah, there's a reason why this is a dying industry, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why people aren't here. One, it's just not really a thing. And two, people are just uncomfortable with this, right? And mm-hmm. and it's a, peop- and um I know you said we have to have a good conversation following Medina spirit, but uh, that was, um, that was one thing that, uh, that, so that whole sentiment did come into mind, but I, I'll be back. So th- this it is, is here, here. a thrill uh, yes. uh, uh, watching a horse race. It is thrilling. These, these animals are magnificent when they go right by you, the sound, you yes. know, of the, uh, the hooves hitting the dirt or the, uh, the turf, and you can feel it in your stomach like a marching band going by in a parade. You know, it's just, it's incredible. It really is something I understand. My wife, who's an animal lover, used to love going to the track. Just, she loved it, the horses and everything. And then we went one time and a horse fell and had to be put down. And, you know, she won't have anything to do with it anymore. And that is almost kind of the sentiment that I think the public is starting to take now too. So I, I can tell you right now, if I witnessed that in person, that'd be the end for me too. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I think I can blissfully go to a track and to me, it's still a scene that I saw in luck and not <laughs> a reality yet. Yeah. But if yeah. I, if I, if that happened at a track that I was at, I, I think that that'd probably be the end for me too. But the yeah. positive note that we're supposed to end this on yes. is, is, it is an enjoyable uh, pastime. It I enjoyed it so much, Mark, that I was like, I think the next time I come here, it'll be to watch a race. Yeah, I don't know. If, you know, like, I think I preferred spending 30, 40 bucks at the track on bets that could possibly win. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the, there's that <laughs> there's a, there's that hope, um, you know, there's a chance I do that versus going in the play pie gal. You know, here we've been talking on, uh, you know, all of our shows about how the table minimums are, table minimums are going up. You can yeah. still bet two dollars to win on a horse at a track, and that's been the way it is for decades. <laughs> yep. So, you know, there's your uh, low roller gambling. One thing I really liked, and I'm sure this is, I'm, again, this is the first time I've ever. So when we were at Foxwoods, I had to go up to the counter. I think the one horse track I went to in Peru, obviously there's a counter. I'm not even sure you have how you even made my bets in Peru. I think <laughs> I just said some things in Spanish, and they're like, "All right, here, here you go, Gringo. Here's your, here's your bet." Um, but like this, you know, I put my money into a machine. And then I didn't really deal with cash again, bets wise, until the mm. very end of the night when it came to time to cash out. Right, I, I put yeah. twenty dollars in the machine. I made my two dollar bet on this horse. I made my two dollar bet on that horse. 
it it prints out your tickets and then it and then it prints out a cash voucher right like okay i'm mm-hmm. done with yeah. this and then you know and so that and so it was nice what was nice about it is you can kind of set like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do, and so instead of going back and sort of digging for money all the time and kind of losing track of how much you're bit you'd be like all right yeah I'll, i don't mind losing 20 bucks of the track tonight right and like in yeah. the cash voucher sort of being the 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 limit on that a little yeah. bit so it was yeah. it was easier <laughs> to track and limit myself anyways um yeah. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, I look forward to uh, to going back. Now, I mean, you guys have. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, Southern California is going to be a, a handful of good racetracks. Uh, oh my gosh! I mean, the area. closest one to us is Del Mar, Santa Anita, yeah. where Luck takes place, is just north of us. And it was the first way I got into gambling. You know, when I was younger, when I turned eighteen, there were no casinos around here I could go to, so I was going to the track. So I spent a lot of time there. Oh, and Del Mar is, you know, a first rate. Uh, racetrack just fantastic yep so uh in january probably first or second week of january we're covering uncut gems and then the house yep then in february we're doing episodes five and six of luck uh and then in march we'll probably by then i'll have another grab bag of uh television scenes uh that we'll cover and that will just We'll just sort of follow that pace until we run out of luck episodes. When we run out of luck, we'll stop. <laughs> Sounds That's good. right. Uh, Mark, the next time I see you will be uh, hopefully at the craft table at the plaza uh, when we're getting ready for Zorkfest. Um, we're going to be on a panel together, so hope people uh, see us there. And I'm just, man, you and I had such a good time at the plaza this last time that when yep. you told me you were a lock to, uh, to, to come out, uh, I was excited because we get to we get to do that again with more of our better friends. Yes, yes, that's a big part of it. Yeah, way more. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Mark, it's been a pleasure, friend. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. I'm not allowed that. Ple- it's never my pleasure on this show. It's always everybody <laughs> else's pleasure. Bye, Mark. Bye. All right, you heard it there. Uh, Uncut gems and the house coming up next. That'll be at the beginning of January. Uh, looking forward to that. I um, two movies that are definitely polar, not polar opposites from each other, but very, uh, very different from each other, uh, both in pacing and in mood. <laughs> uh, but looking forward to uh, to doing that. Vegas in just a few days. Uh, I'll be in Las Vegas, Nevada. A handful of you hitting me up uh, to uh, to do this, that, and the other such. Uh, my calendar's filling up. Uh, as of now, as of, as of right now of when this is being released, when you hear this, um, if you haven't already sort of pinged me like, Hey, I'm around, maybe we should, if that hasn't, uh, just plan on trying to meet me at Zorkfest. Uh, my calendar otherwise, um, has kind of filled up. Um, so, uh, I am, uh, I'll sort of be around. I'm the first few days. I'm probably not going to do a whole lot of, Hey, I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. Cause I do have a lot, um, I'm doing, you know, some content creation. I have some, uh, you know, hanging out with some other friends. And um, so it, it, probably midweek is when I'll start doing the, hey, I'm here uh, if you want to if you wanna hang out type thing. Uh, otherwise, looking forward to ZorkFest, TravelZork.com slash ZorkFest is where you can cop your tickets still. Uh, I believe the room rate is, uh, is gone, but you can still get tickets. Um, there are tickets. So if you go there and you go to get tickets... There are tickets for the Podcaster Potluck and Better Life Live only if you are in Las Vegas, not going to ZorkFest, but want to attend that event. That is possible. You can get those tickets. ZorkFest.com or TravelZork.com slash ZorkFest. I am now 
lead not not <laughs> I originally was just emceeing the event and then was going to hand off the uh, the mic. Um, I believe I will probably actually host and lead that first panel as well. I spoke with uh, Lisa. I want her perspective on the panel. Um, so uh, after some thinking on sort of the discussion and, and coming up with some some topics and prompts and stuff, I decided I wanted Lisa's Lisa's experience and her insights uh, on the panel. So I will likely be leading that panel as well as the Better Life Live afterwards and. If Michael Chager hasn't gotten enough out of me for this event, I am also leading a session um, that uh, that um, someone else sort of uh, arranged but could not uh, couldn't actually um, end up leading it. Uh, I believe it's called Gambling for Greenhorns and uh, and Tight-Fisted Travelers. Um, pretty much going to go game by game talking about sort of what I think that game is good for. Um, it's not a how-to on how to play the game um, or anything like that. It is a, hey, um, here uh, we have this type of game, uh, or here we have we have game, like here's craps, and here's what I think craps is good for. Here's pie gal, and here's what I think pie gal is good for. Um, so that way people who maybe are either new to gambling or sort of want to rethink how some of their favorite games can fit into uh, you know, how they approach, uh, casino life and stuff. That'll be sort of the bulk of the, uh, that'll be sort of how that session goes. Um, come hang out with me. So I have someone to talk to. Um, the more people, the more fun, the less people, the more one-on-one. So, uh, it'll be good, uh, either way. And then I will be at the dinner I will be at the group gaming. I don't know how late I will be up at the group gaming, if I'm being completely honest, because I do have a lot of things going on on Sunday the next day. Um, but I will be at pretty much everything happening at Zorkfest other than the slot group, the group slot pool. Not my thing. I will not be at those. I will be at every other sort of group thing, sort of attendee uh, type thing, including, of course, the potluck, Keep calling it a potluck. I mean, we'll, we'll have already eaten by this point. Uh, if you bring food, I guess it's on you. I don't know if that plaza is long food or not, but, <laughs> but we're calling it the podcast was potluck. Uh, anyways, um, if you are interested in getting something from the merch, uh, from, from Better Merch, bettermerch.com, um, do it before Saturday evening, Saturday being uh, the 11th. Um, that'll be my last opportunity to package up something and send it before I leave. Otherwise, I can't get, I won't be able to get anything. I'm a one-man show over here. I do all the podcasting. I do all the all the social media. I do all the merchandise. One-man show. So when I'm gone, um, I won't be able to package things up. Uh, but I will be. Uh, if if you want something by Christmas, I should say you got two days from the time of this release. Uh, to uh, to put it in order. Tip your dealer shirts are there. Better Life shirts are there. Uh, still have a couple uh, I drink and I throw things uh, shirts. The Struggle is Real shirts and hoodies are there. BetterMerch.com. Use promo code YO11 for 11% off of your purchase. Better Santa stuff. First one just went out the door. Um, following up on the last few people that I need stuff from. Hopefully I get it, get it from you soon. Uh, excited about these items. And I think that's it. I think those are all the admin notes. Um, 
Patreon.com slash The Better Life is where you can support the uh, show with a monthly pledge. Uh, got some cool things coming to Patreon come 2022. Uh, I'm going to have a, a little shift on how I do content over there. I'm also going to have a little shift in how the pledge levels work. Um, I'm also going to have an opportunity for people to support the show without with, like who don't want it. I know a lot of people aren't into, Patre- or into Patreon. I get that. I've been putting a lot of thought into uh, what support outside of Patreon looks like. Um, and so that'll be, that'll come an option, uh, become an option in 2022. Um, all right. I'm, I'm, I think that's it. I think that's all I got to say. When I hit publish on this, I'll remember something else that I, that I wanted to say here, but looking forward to seeing people in Vegas. Definitely looking forward to Zork Fest, uh, and looking forward to, uh, the next couple episodes, Carl Schlegel next week. Uh, I just got done talking to him. We, we cover his first trip to Las Vegas, Nevada, and there are very few things that are as quintessential to the better life than vi- at least one visit to the, uh, the mecca of gambling for most betters, uh, Las Vegas. So uh, we hear from Carl on his trip, uh, and then Brock Landers will do an end-of-year trip, and then 2022 hits, and it's, it's, we're, we're off to the races again. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening. On behalf of Mark DeVault, I am Timothy Lawson. Good night and good luck. <laughs>